Smith has it. Knicks down three. Should the Bulls foul? No. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied. All right. Recording this the 30th of August. I believe today's the last day of August. Yeah. Uh, seven right yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah, 702 tonight. Uh, me and Nolan back on the pod. Uh, you know, it's a little off season, man. And pretty much everything in free agency pretty much went by. A um, little bit of the slow mode. Um, not much to talk about, but a few interesting stories me and Nolan are here to talk about. Um, first thing that, you know, interesting that came up, you know, you know, Nerlens Noel is suing Rich Paul. Interesting, man. Uh, people who don't know the story, pretty much, uh, Nerlens Noel met Ben Simmons. Uh, not met. He met uh, Rich Paul at Ben Simmons' birthday uh, party in L.A. And he pretty much told him, like, we could make you into this max player. You know, declined this four-year $78 million, which is ridiculous for a center who pretty much brings nothing on the offensive end, right? I mean, like, right. I think that's yeah. like a no-brainer to take that contract. But I guess, you know, Clutch Sports was a big thing at that time, up-and-coming brand, and he drank the Kool-Aid. And, and you have to remember that, like, Nerlens, when he came out, like, he was a lottery pick. You know what I mean? Like, yep. he, I'm sure, like all athletes, you have to have, like, a high big confidence level in yourself. Otherwise, you never get to the point where you are. So I, I totally understand why the player makes a bet on himself like that. It just... Just doesn't always work out. And the kicker of the story is that not only did he bet on himself, um, you know, during that time, during that time between now and uh, he declined that contract, uh, he had hurt his thumb and he wasn't able to sign that big deal. He signed that two-year, uh, $3 million offer. Veteran, uh, the veteran deal, pretty much what Taj signed this year um, with the OKC Thunder, had a good year off the bench and came with us and never really got to see that money. Um, he got $30 million from us, but uh, not that big payday. Um, I don't know if he will ever make that up. Uh, it seems like uh, Rich Paul was also ignoring calls from teams like the Rockets, the Clippers. You know, the Clippers could have helped him this past uh, postseason. Um, you know, they could have used his talents. But uh, it, it's interesting to see uh, this back and forth. But I, I, come on, Noel. Like, come on, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you have a case. Uh, how do you feel, Noel? Um, so I tried to think of this, this story, this, uh, whatever you want to call it, situation in two different ways. Um, the first way I think of it is from the player aspect. And if you're in Erlen's Noel, like, yeah, you notoriously turned down a $70 million extension from Dallas. You end up getting hurt, you get smaller deals until this offseason, which still isn't even a $70 million deal. And Paul, you know, reportedly advised that he turn that down. I'm not really sure what type, as like my personal history, I don't want to sound like I'm anything like like John Macri is like a former lawyer, but I do have like a paralegal certificate. I got some of my backgrounds in. And the thing that makes this case so difficult is that just the burden of proof of like damages is so hard to 
prove. Like, you know, it's so hard to say, well, if I didn't do X, then I would have made Y amount of dollars. Like, you know what I mean? These are things, these are all hypothetical things. And I don't really think he has a case to win a lawsuit, but there also is a lot of times where something people don't know about most lawsuits is most lawsuits never go to trial. Most lawsuits get settled before they ever reach trial. So like, I could see there being a point with Rich Paul where he's just like, this is not worth my time to deal with. Here's some chunk of money go away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm all for Noel. I, I, I do think he was wrong. I don't think he has any like legal repercussions there that are legitimate, but you know, honestly, it doesn't have really any implications on the X. So like more money for one of our guys, there's, I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm all for players empowerment and, players sticking it to their agents who, you know, I guess, I guess part of the snag was that Rich Paul wanted like a large percentage of that $70 million extension too, which was why part of the reason why Nerland turned it down. I still think he ended up getting like 4% of whatever Nerland signed for, but I guess he's what, I don't know. Do you know who he's with now? I have no idea who he's with. I believe I don't know. I guess it's with a smaller uh, agency because, you know, he was complaining about how the big names of clutch sports were getting all the attention from Rich Paul. Which, which is probably fair. Which, yeah, it, it makes sense, right? Of course, you know, KD's issue, I'm not KD, uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron, you know, those guys' issues are going to come first. Right, um, you're not top priority. Exactly. And most people don't know that Noel, this is Noel's countersuit because Rich Paul had sued him first because, right. yes, because of the con, uh, the first contract with the Knicks, he didn't, you know, he didn't cut him off. Uh, it's it, Well, yeah, I, that's, that's the thing is that he wanted this large percentage for the Dallas contract. Exactly. And then um, when he doesn't take it, he basically says, well, I'm not giving you this and switches his agency and now he rich paul tried to sue him over that like dude you did this dude kind of dirty to be out here chasing your percentage of a like you know it it's not like it's kevin durant's contract like four percent of that or something <laughs> you're talking about like nerland Noel making like under it's under 13 million a year without incentives like it's to Rich Paul, it's nothing. You know what I mean? So for Rich Paul to sue Netherlands in the first place, I thought it was it's just like uncalled for and just like unnecessary. But you know, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I think it can have an impact on like player agent relations moving forward. I think that's like the most interesting aspect of the story. And I don't know what to do. Like if you were a young guy coming up, maybe even a role player in the league like do you even want to sign with clutch sports after this like what do you feel about that no because i did i've seen people like you know if you're not really a, a superstar and you're not really trying to change your position your situation in the league change teams is there really any point in going over to the clutch because you know you're going to be bottom of the totem pole as it as it comes to priority uh what's your thoughts about that yeah i mean i think that's that's a tough thing. I think it's really circumstantial, like player to player. Like, I mean, if you're a player that you kind of like Nerland, you know, you come out, you're a lottery pick, 
you have all the expectations of, you know, being a lucrative, high-profile player, and you probably want to sign with one of the top agencies in sports. Which Paul's probably right now the most powerful agent in the NBA. So, like, I get why people would still want to sign with Rich Paul. Um, if you're a player that's not like a top tier talent and like you're like self aware enough to kind of recognize that, it might not be the right place for you because you're like, it, with Netherlands, if you don't produce, you're not really going to, you know, be their top priority because their money's more tied up in other players more larger amounts of money means larger percentages for them so those percentages are going to come ahead of like mid-level players yeah for sure and, what about and, you what do you think about it what do you what do you think about his chances in the lawsuit and what do you think like what do you think should be the outcome i mean at the end of the day Virgil paul like you're you're his boss noel right like noel mm. you're, you're the one who makes the final decisions I feel like, um, you know, that four that four years, 70 plus million dollar contract in today's market, that's like Jared Allen deal, you know, yeah, and, well, and yeah. pretty much. Right. Maybe, yeah, 10 yeah. Million, maybe, you know, a couple of million short, but damn near the Jared <clears throat> Allen deal. And um, I'm looking at that and it's kind of like, you know, you're still young. That money was on the table. Um, you know, you don't have the most elite skill set. Take the money and, you know you're still young enough to go back into the market and demand uh, a, a big deal if you're worth the money. Um, I don't know. I think Noel made a false judgment of his skill set. Uh, and this happens, right? Because, you know, uh, you, you, got, you have guys in your ear. Maybe you come off maybe you come off a good year like he did off of Dallas. And, you know, you're feeling yourself and you feel like you could replicate and maybe even uh, ex- yeah, exceed, <laughs> exceed those uh, last year's expectations. Especially and, when your agent's telling you the same thing. Exactly. And we see the same thing with Schroeder. And it's like, I can't, I don't know, I can't. <laughs> it's not the agent's fault when you pass up on that much money and you know your situation <clears throat> and you can't be delusional on your spot in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. My only thing is if, if Rich Paul like did advise him not to take that contract, and that's the primary reason, that's the only issue I have. Because as his agent, like you should be incentivized to want your player to make as much money as possible. And I think like not to be disrespectful to Maryland's, he's a good defensive player, but he's limited on offense and. I think at that stage in his career, that's that was pretty clear. And I don't know what contracts they were seeing that he thought that waiting another year he was gonna get like a max deal like or something over seventy. That's what I mean. <laughs> like like, how much more? What were you expecting? And yeah, so that part confused me and. The more I read into the story, the more complicated it gets. And it's like, you know, like whose side do you put more like trust into? Like it, it was, was Nerland's really going to do this until Rich Paul said something or was it like something that 
Nerlens kind of felt this way. He said it to his agent. His agent was like, if you feel that way, man, go bet on yourself. Go sign this contract. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of how that discussion went. I don't think anyone does. If it actually ends up in court, maybe we'll find out some more information. But I, I, I think it probably just ends in a small settlement for Noel. Yeah, I, but, I agree. You know what this conversation kind of brings up? It's something that I wanted to message you about. I didn't get a chance to. Um, I think I messaged you about it the other day, but you're talking about how Nerland's seventy million dollars is pretty comparable to Jared Allen's contract, right? Yeah, and today's uh, yeah, today's market, yeah. Right. So I was thinking back to when we were talking about Terry Rozier and how my first initial reaction was like, that is a whole hell of a lot of money for Terry Rozier. But, I mean, the fit does make sense. You know, like, he can play on and off ball with a mellow. He can shoot threes. He's a spot-up shooter. I think he averaged, like, 20 points, 4.4 rebounds, 4.2 assists, 1.3 steals a game. And, like, in the assist, you also have to, like, you have to consider is the fact that he played with not only Lamelo, but with Gordon Hayward, who's like a pretty ball dominant player in his own right. So I think I've I've kind of I've kind of turned my opinion on that. I, I think the signing is a little better than I initially did. So um, you know, twenty four million dollars per year. It's it's more than uh, what's his name, DeRozan or Lonzo got. I mean, yeah, yeah, and 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 after Graham was gone, you like really didn't have an option to let him walk. I think there's still a debate on whether Graham or Rogier would have been a better fit, and like better dollar amount wise. But there's also just like we talked about a little bit the tax of playing in a market like that where you kind of have to overpay some players. So basically I just wanted to touch on that uh, just to tell you that I, uh, my opinions changed on that and I no longer consider it one of the worst deals of free agency. Yes, guys, come to the dark side, man. Come to the dark uh, side. <laughs> but I'm, I'm open minded, you know. I, I listen, I learn. But, but I, honestly, I really thought that deal was okay. Maybe it was a little bit over overpaid, but like, yeah, as you said, bit. you know, Charlotte got to do what they got to do. Right. Um, I I do think that you know, defensively, Rogier isn't as much as a train wreck that people advertise him to be. Um, no, like I said, he had, had 1.3 steals. That's pretty solid. I, and every year he's getting better offensively and his new role, hmm. too. He's a good know. rebounder, too, for only being 6'1". And, and he he has one of the most prettiest games in the NBA. He's like, a good feel for the ball or for the game. Yeah, sure. like, yeah he, he's like the handle is on point. I, I, he kind of remember – reminds me – or is like comparable to Kemba where it's just like that. Yeah. Hooper type, they like, I'm gonna go out and just get a bucket. Yep, yep, yep. I, I, yeah, and with the whole the Hornets vibe, what they have going on, and they announce it, it, it's a vibe watching Hornets games, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I gotta recommend some Hornets games during the year, man. I have to, 
Oh, they'll definitely be. I mean, they were last year, and they'll probably be one of my most watched league pass teams again this year. So I'm sure. right there with you. For sure, for sure. Um, you know, moving on, I mm-hmm. wanted to bring up the Patrick Beverly situation. Um, we didn't we touch we didn't really touch on it with Haynes. Uh, and he um, got so, traded again anyway. <laughs> yeah, and he got <laughs> traded again anyway. But you know, this trade is really interesting to me because um. You know, Memphis were sending uh, Patrick Beverly to Minnesota, and in return, uh, they got uh, uh, Jared Culver and uh, and Hernan Gomez's brother, uh, Juan Wancho, Wancho, yeah, whatever his name is, Wancho. But but you know, he's uh, didn't really play in uh, Minnesota's rotation last year when he got traded over there from Denver. Uh But he could shoot the ball. He, I think, he's definitely a rotational piece. uh, For what I've seen, uh, Hernan Gomez. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, his yeah. brother. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. somewhat of a rotational piece. Can shoot sure. the ball. Uh, I like his size. Uh, I don't know if he'll play with Memphis because Memphis seems like they're deep with the wings, uh, especially drafting uh, Zaire. But we'll see how that goes. But uh, I wanted to really speak on Jared Culver. Um, had a rough NBA uh, career so far, you know, coming out of Texas yeah. Tech, uh, a top seven pick. I believe he was six. Um I to be to be honest with you, coming out the draft, I really did not see him as a lottery pick. Like you know, he was really deficient. Uh, I guess the appeal there was his defensive skills, him being able to guard the wing, the guards. But just offensively, he's been a train wreck. Can't shoot the ball. Uh, I, I doesn't have the best feel for the game. Doesn't have the best handle. I, um, I don't I don't know. How did you feel about you know this trade and you know Culver? you know, time in the league so far? Uh, the trade, I actually liked more for the Timberwolves. Yeah, I think I think um, the acquisition of Pat Beverly, like, it gives them someone who can at least defend the point guard position, you know? And... I think that the Timberwolves, who were a pretty good team last year, you know, um, could use a little extra bit of defense. Um, I like Aaron Gomez's brother. I think he's obviously better than Billy, but um, it's not saying a ton. Much. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, last season, Beverly shot 42% from the field, average uh 77.5 points and 2.1 assists so like there's a role for him on that team you know uh reggie jackson kind of took that role from him in uh la so i think that patrick Beverly fits a really good fit for memphis on the Jarrett culver side um it's interesting because a lot of people were very high on Jarrett culver and they were getting some calls but a lot of prominent knicks the content creators saying that they liked him as much as RJ and even some people saying we should trade back and just draft Culver because they thought they were so comparable. I never saw that. I'm, I was a fan of Culver coming out of college. The biggest surprise to me has just been his, his, his three point shooting and his just lack of offensive game period i mean just shooting percentages i think were like 
I don't know. I have him written down somewhere. I lost him, but I mean, he's he's averaged like eight points a game. Or no, fourteen points a game. Wait, it's minutes played. Holy shit, I'm an idiot. Where is his? Oh yeah, yeah. He's never averaged over point two nine nine from three. That was his rookie year. This year, he shot two point four five. Like, that's horrible. That's absolutely horrible. He's averaged 9.2 points his first year, 5.3 points his second year. So, like, I don't know if – I mean, there's been a lot of players that have gotten better after leaving that team, but I don't really see the appeal from Culver other than kind of just, like, a flyer in, like, cap space. But, I mean – it is what it is. I think it's not the worst deal in the world for either team, but I don't think it makes a drastic difference for either team. And I think that uh, I think it definitely benefit. I think Minnesota is the winner of the trade. What were your thoughts on the trade in general? I think it's surprising on how Minnesota gave up on him so early. You know, um, it's yeah. It, I wasn't He's a six, big, right? Yeah, he was six, and it wasn't that long ago. It was on, it was only two yeah, years. 2019. Ago. Yeah, Yeah, it, it wasn't that long ago, and to see you know the new management come in and just pretty much say like, like we're not dealing with this kid anymore, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, he did spend two years at college, so you know th- th- there's something there. Uh, um, not a one and done guy as most guys in in the league, uh, you know, lottery picks are. I, mm-hmm. I, I to be honest with you. Um, it's pretty much the Frank situation. Like, no, he's he's going to be there. He's going to give you good team defense, but just offensively, he's not going to be there. And uh, it's kind it, I don't know where he fits in Memphis situation because they need their wings to score and, yeah. and they need their wings to shoot the three, especially with John Morant uh, and those guys. And that was my biggest thing about it. It's just like I said, it's three point percentage. It's been horrible. It's, I don't understand that fit there. But I will say that, like, I do think Jared Culver can get better, and I do think that he'll be in a better situation and maybe being asked to do less, you'll be able to get more from him. So, I mean, I don't know. A lot of these trades, you know, you can say we're lost the day they were made and immediate aftermath. You look down the line and it ends up being a win-win for both teams or it ends up being the exact opposite. Like after the KP trade, Knicks fans have got clowned and that's been a complete 360 over the past two years. So I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but it's definitely an interesting move and a move I didn't really expect to see. And also the, you know, one element that needs to be spoken upon is the, the Pat Bev thing. I think the mystique around the league um, you know, having a guy like Patrick Beverly, that dog, you know, the annoying factor has become a little bit overrated seeing him being passed around. Okay, like yeah, I thought I thought you were going the other direction. No, and no, no, I, no. And I was like, I was about to be very upset with you, but I'm very glad that you went that way. No, he, Sorry. He, he got, bro, he got passed around like a blunt this offseason, man. Like oh, he, for sure. He, yeah, it's, 
you know, and, and I'm a fan of Patrick Beverly, what he brings to the team. Like, I, I do like those elements, yeah. but it seems like, you know, teams, you know, they're not really prioritizing that. And remember, he makes $10 million. So he's pretty much a $10 million backup point guard. And right. I don't know how many teams like Minnesota are, are willing to, you know, accept that onto their cap, you know? Yeah, but also if you're a team like Minnesota, who, who else are you bringing in? Like, who's the last free agent to go to Minnesota? You know what I mean? They need to get in that Ben Simmons deal, but that's a whole different conversation. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> and um, I can't say my source on this, but what I've been told is that Ben Simmons will be staying in Philadelphia unless a certain guard in Portland not named C.J. McCollum is on the table. You know, it's interesting, right? Because we could switch over to that topic. And um, I've been hearing a lot of rumors saying Simmons might go to the Kings. Um, Which Trace, I think would be a good fit for the Kings. No, I, I really do think that will, you know, better the situation there with Fox. I, I definitely agree with that. But, uh, you know, a trade between, you know, <clears throat> Simmons and Buddy Heald, I think that's a win-win for both situations. The money adds up. Uh, they're uh, I, Simmons is definitely a better basketball player, but you know it's about the evil. The value exchange it isn't too much. It's about you know. Oh, maybe, I disagree there. You don't think so? Maybe some, maybe a one team. Maybe the, the Kings need to add you know first you, round picks and stuff you, like that. You're but. either going to need to add four first round picks to that, or involve a third team that you can use picks to bring in another star player for Philly because they're 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 not going to go for that and and that's why I said that because I don't really see the Kings uh giving up you know Buddy Heald and multiple um oh I would if I was them the the Kings are kind of stupid man yeah but I mean but but what I'm saying is like it's hard to get people to come to the Kings I think Ben Simmons regardless of like what his limitations are as an offensive player He's going to elevate that team to some level. Yeah. And, like, if you're a team like that, sometimes those are the chances you have to make. Like, you know, just uh, there's a few players, you know, that just go places and try to make the best of it. But, I mean, I don't know. It'll be fun. It'll be an interesting storyline for the season for sure. I definitely. And, I like, if Simmons, like, how do you feel the situation will play out if Simmons returns to, you Bad. know, Phil? It, it'll be, I, Joel, is, how is this relationship between Embiid and They Simmons? aren't speaking. Ben Simmons has not been speaking with JoJo or anybody in the Philly front office. So him coming back to training camp is a sh- going to be a shit show. Um, I could see him pulling a Harden and not even and holding out. But I think more realistically that he starts the season with the Sixers. Um, then depending on how they do and how Portland does, by the deadline is where you like, – a few days before the deadline, a week before the deadline, even the day of the deadline is where you would see a deal like that. Because I can see a situation where Portland just has a completely – like horrible season this year if things don't go right because Dane has asked for all these changes right he said he came in he said I want to be here but I want 
all I want changes. I want to see improvements. I want to be a title contender. Like, what have they really done other than bringing the head coach that gave them a shit ton of like backlash? They they haven't really brought in anybody. They lost Mello. I don't know. Like, do you think Portland's any better this year than last year? No, I do think Portland's gonna be a lottery team, definitely. Uh, That's what I mean. So, yeah. Like, if if you get to the trade deadline and you're in the West, which is a tough conference, and Dame's looking at missing the playoffs, patience might run thin. No, I agree. That's definitely a storyline we definitely gotta follow. Um, it seems like, yeah, even from the outside looking in, like it definitely seems like. Uh, Philly's pretty much just waiting on that Portland, you know, situation to crumble. And and, and like you said, right? Um, we're, we're gonna talk about um the next trade, but you know, Larry Nance uh is gonna be coming to Portland, and I don't know if that helps. I do like that move. I think it's a little bit overrated. I've heard, I, you know, they were talking, it is they, overrated. They, they they were hyping it up on the mismatch, and I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I did I, actually. I listened to that episode actually. Yeah, did hear that? I I thought the same thing. They definitely took it a little too far. But um, I like Larry Nance. I just think he gets too much credit as an outside shooter. And he's, he's really not – his percentages from three are awful. He's great in the paint. And like, he's like a bowling ball kind of Randall-esque. And if he can ever get a shot down and, like, work on his handle a little bit more, he can make a leap similar to a player like Randall. Um, but I, I, that's I think, really rare. <laughs> you I, know? Think, I, I think at this stage and Larry Nance's career with his skill set, uh, I think he know what we have. Yeah, and, and if he's starting on your team in the West, I don't know if you're making the playoffs. I, keep it yeah. real, man. Let's just keep it real. The West it, is the, tough, man. The West is tough, man. And, and Portland, I don't know. We're, we're definitely going to see a losing season from Portland. And they just spent that money on uh, Norman Powell. Mm-hmm. dug themselves in a deeper hole i think they definitely should have pressed the eject button this offseason there and they should have been we talked about this with cohen we talked about this with, with numerous people I, I, they should have been hit the eject button and, and it's it's getting annoying talking about this actually i think a lot of that's on dame too i think a lot of it is that dame really is one of those players similar to beal who's who's very loyal and really does want this to work and I think if you're the Blazers front office and he says like I still want to be here like until he demands a trade you don't you can't trade that guy you know what I mean he's been your franchise player for so long but I do think eventually it needs to happen and otherwise it's it's gonna be just like a disappointing career for Dame Lillard just you know in terms of postseason success the last thing I want to talk about with this trade is the Kings right and and this rumor from Shams you know with the discussion between the Sixers and the Kings isn't a shocker you know the rumors come out the Kings all the time and they have some type of substance to them it's not the most uh you know (coughs) secretive organization um and and it's nice to see them trying to get better uh, with De'Aaron Fo- uh, with Fox's, uh, you know, situation bubbling, uh, they, they don't, Luke Walton definitely needs to get fired. I don't understand how he has a job. Um, I'm, I'm advocating, I, I'm advocating for him to get fired every day. I, I don't, I don't really, I'm not a person who typically goes out here 
much for anyone to lose their job. But there's so many better candidates for that position. I, I don't understand what's going on over there, bro. Like, I, I don't, but like bringing yeah. in Ben Simmons is, is, is good, is a step in the right direction, right? Oh, for sure. And, you know, they're, they're a team that have that definitely has play in aspirations. Um, you know, with this team construction as it is, um, how do you see their season uh, playing out, Nolan? The Kings? Yeah. With, I mean, if they trade for Ben or? I mean, no, no, no. Like, just, you know, just as, how, is. as is, as is. You know, they um, signed Rashawn Holmes and, you know, they, they retooled the, the yeah. roster a little bit. But, you know, they still got the same guys pretty much. That Holmes deal was a good value deal for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that they they got like you said they mostly stayed the same, maybe a little bit better around the edges, but I think they're unless they get like a big leap from some of their younger guys, they're pretty much in the same situation they were last year. Maybe you know they get into the first round maybe they sneak into the second round but like i can't see him getting any farther than that no i i agree the west is tough bro i mean the people want to talk about how much improved the east is and you go over and look at the west and actually look at it and it's like yeah they're a lot closer than they were the past few years but the west like the top tier talent is still a, a, a heavy step above the east if you really think about it right minnesota is expected to to, to be a playing team sacramento playing team uh the pelicans with that d- dynamic duo they're definitely looking to make a playoff to play in spurs with that uh coaching staff they're a little bit younger this year but i i still believe that culture believes that they have a play in uh you know aspirations golden state you know well, we already know. We already know how Golden State's gonna be, and in the Grizzlies, you know, up and coming mm-hmm. Grizzlies team, and Portland, Dame, you know, they're gonna be a little. They're gonna be worse, but you know, they're gonna be in that fight. So it's definitely a dog fight. It's definitely a dog fight, and yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm waiting. Fox to New York. Fox to New York. I'm just gonna be chanting that for the season. He is like the prototypical like Tibbs point guard. Exactly. Like but, the perfect um, guy, man. The perfect guy. Yeah. Um he he really is. He's one of my, been one of my favorite players in the league for a while. And I think he's due for a good jump. And yeah. um uh what guards were we talking about before what team was I'm sorry, what team were we talking about? Memphis? About the Memphis and the Kings was the uh, Ben Simmons trade. I mean, yeah, yeah, Portland with the guard. Uh, did you hear the Timberwolves trade offer for Ben Simmons? I think it's circ- It's definitely a low type of package. No, no. What I've heard, at least from the source, is that D'Lo, Cat, <laughs> Ant Edwards. And uh, who else is a starter for the uh, say Nas Reed? They got a whole bunch of good players. I don't know, but it, Prince. It, uh, yeah, I think it was, I think it was Prince. We're all off the table at a Ben Simmons trade, really. Like, like the plan was to keep all of those guys with Ben Simmons and that be your core moving forward. And 
A, that's why you absolutely need a third team involved in that deal if you're going to make it happen. But that would be interesting. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of D'Lo. I'm not the hugest fan of really anyone on that team. I, I do I do like Ant Edwards as a player, as a, as a, as a person. RJ stuff kind of annoyed me. But that's yeah, not really yeah, fair. definitely, definitely. That, that that that's a small sample size. I think he's actually a pretty entertaining person for the most part. Is like a, you know, like a social um, character. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I mean, like definitely. Uh, I do like uh, – I'm a big fan of Towns, and I'm a big fan of oh, – yeah, Towns. Towns yeah, I, I love Towns' game. Um, he actually, was obviously off the table, too. That's the other guy I was trying to Actually, a uh, funny story. Uh, I think it was two years ago. Like, two years ago, uh, I watched uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. drop his career high on the Wolves at, at, at the Garden. I think it was, like, 39 points. He was on he fire. He good game. games, man. Yeah, no, no. I saw it. I was like, oh, he's on he's fire. A, yeah, he's, he's a good really, player. No, he really yeah. is. No, I'm he, talking about Timmy scoring that on them. Well, no, I'm just saying Tim Hardaway yeah, yeah. like, was a pretty good player. He got if it wasn't for that plantar fasciitis or whatever it is that he would and KP going down, I think that would have been a pretty solid team. I mean, he actually got people said it was an overpay for him with the Knicks, and half the reason we traded him was for cap space. And then Dallas went and signed him to a a newer deal, or I mean, a bigger deal this offseason. I so, think I mean, it's just the situation. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, who would you rather have right now? Be honest, Fournier or Tim Hardaway Jr. They pretty uh, much signed for the same amount of money. Fournier, Fournier, Fournier. Maybe, yeah. maybe you're not pissed off at Fournier enough. Maybe we, 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 we gotta we gotta watch yeah. Fournier play. Yeah, I don't. Man. I don't have enough bad memories of <laughs> Fournier yet. I still have a lot of. Especially once KP went down, of just Tim Hardaway just yeah. like chucking up shots, which Fournier is also known to put up a little too many shots. But I think he'll kind of rail that back when he's in New York. Definitely, definitely. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> Tips. Well, I don't think Tips is gonna play with that. But, um, let's switch topics. Um, I definitely want to speak on the Cavalier trade. Um. You know, this was a sign-in trade. Uh, the Cavaliers were able to pick up Lloyd Marketing and sign him to a four-year, $67 million deal. Um, also in this deal, the Bulls were able to receive uh, Derek Jones Jr., athletic wing, and a protected 22 first-round pick um, from Portland. And as we spoke from, from before, the Portland uh, got Larry Nance Jr. out this deal. Um, the first thing that popped up into my head was why the Cavaliers spending money on big men. Um, marketing, the Chicago fan base has explicitly told everybody he cannot play the four. Like They watched this kid for three years. Like I, I trust their fan base. He can't play the four. So if he can't play, the, yeah, he can't play the four at all. It's almost like an Obi situation where he, I mean, not the four, the three. I mean the three. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, like he can't. Marketing can't play the three. 
so, no, definitely not. So it's almost he, he's a four or five. He's he's very he's so similar to Kristoff. Yeah, so it's almost like like I don't know like they're very backed up in that situation. They got they just signed Jared Allen to that big deal. They drafted you know Mobley, who's supposed to be this generational you know athletic you know offensive big man. We got to see how he develops. They still got Kevin Love tied up to like three two years 60 million dollars and it's reported like last night i saw uh shams reported that you know explicitly that kevin love he's not he's not giving up any money like he's sitting out the rest of the it's deal so ridiculous. Which, I mean, it, no, I, no actually i kind of get it I, I really don't like this is because second, Kev, this is kevin his third love, max cash track though right so so kevin love has all the money in the world right yeah basically, I, enough you know enough to live comfortably and if you have alan mobley like marketing probably like in front of you and you're collecting all this money not really doing anything like kevin love not to be weird he does all these emotional issues and he doesn't always seem to be the most interested in basketball and if it's not really like his desire to continue playing basketball why not sit there and collect every cent you can and then worry about the rest after the contract like i can see if you really want to play get out and i can see it accelerating to the point where eventually he does get fed up and like wants to get out and wants to go to a contender but he's gonna have to give up a lot of money to do that and i don't know how willing he is to do that like you were saying and i don't know what teams left have enough cap to really make that work yeah the, the kevin love situation is dicey and i've said it years ago why they're signing this why are they re-signing him like lebron already left like they were because already because they thought they could still be a playoff team without LeBron because Dan Gilbert's insane. Uh man, I don't know, bro. Like it's 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 ridiculous. And then um, you know, the the four year sixty-seven million dollar deal. Um, I will admit I don't watch a lot of Chicago Bulls basketball. I'm not gonna sit here and and, and pretend um okay. I, I I know their franchise, like the like the Knicks, Grizzlies, or you know, Hornets or whatever, but look. <laughs> he hasn't shown me enough worth 67 million uh 67 million dollars like i i don't know what i did you see anything for him to be worth that money or no. am i tripping no i mean i guess the only real justification i can have for it is how like names aside if you're just looking at their stats how comparable do you think Laurie Markkinen is to Przingis? Offensively, they're Just damn near all the around. Same. All I around. Mean, I mean, you know, it's interesting, right? Because Porzingis' defense isn't what it was when we saw him in New York, right? And right. and we haven't really seen that defensive thing. So, like, I guess like they're very similar players. I, KP, in my opinion, is probably still a little bit better, but higher ceiling at least. Yeah but they're around the same bubble of a player. Yes, I, I agree with that point. So so my point there is that while Markkinen has had some injury history, it also 
he's been available a lot more than KP has. And I think that Markinen's deal is only $57 million guarantee, which is a lot of money, but still you know, less than the $67 million that it could be up to. So, I mean, he went to Chicago. And, I mean, he got out of Chicago, and he's going to find a larger role with the team he's on now, um, I, I would think. But I also don't know how those minutes work, like we said, with Jared Allen and Kevin Love and Mobley. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think Portland and the Bulls did well, and the Cleveland Cavaliers continue to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, definitely. You know, the Bulls getting Derrick Jones, uh, another guy to come off the bench, play defense, uh, improving his three ball a little bit. Um, definitely a guy ready to play, ready to, you know, plug and play in any, you know, defensive, you know, scheme you're running out there. I, I do like Derrick Jones and uh, what he showed in that finals run with the Heat. I, I definitely think he's a solid rotational player. Um, watch out for the Bulls, man. Definitely. Um, offensively, they're going to be fireworks. Defensively, I, I don't know, but definitely uh, definitely going to be watching them on league pass. And, and the Larry Lynch thing, <coughs> we, we already spoke upon that. Yeah. yeah. Um, one last thing on, on the Bulls, too, is one thing I really liked about the deal is they got a first-round pick back. It's a lottery-protected first. Yeah. But they've given up so many firsts in, like, these deals these past two years that they just needed a first that if they're going to improve their roster, if like a player doesn't fit and they need to move off a bad contract that you need little sweeteners like that to, you know, improve your team. And on the Portland side of things, I mean, you got uh, Robert Covington still, right? You got Nurkic, Powell, McCollum, Dame, like it's a deep team, it's a good shooting team, probably a little bit better defensively than last year. But with the Lillard thing over the head, I just I don't feel confident in predicting them to be a playoff team. I I'm lower on the Bulls than you like we previously discussed, but um I do think that DeRozan and Ball sharing like ball handling responsibilities is a good combination. I I just worry about DeRozan's shooting and his his lack of defense at the stages in his career. Definitely, definitely, uh, definitely interesting to see how this trade plays out. See how Markner fits with the Bulls. I mean, with the Cavs, definitely interesting to see. Um, definitely wants to switch up the conversation and go to the collegiate level. Um, uh, Amani Bates, one of the top prospects in years i mean this guy's been compared to kd ingram um <laughs> i heard that he was six five in the sixth grade imagine being six five in the sixth grade no bro we had a kid like that that went to our high school for one year and then he transferred to some catholic or like some private school just because like you know that's what happens so high school basketball nowadays is you go to a school where you get like the most recognition and seeing kids that big at that level is just so fun to watch. And I spent, like this kid was tall, skinny, and all he could really do is like dunk. But 
but I can, I've watched a lot of them on Ebates highlights, and um, I I think he's going to be really exciting. I think that if you're a Memphis fan, this Penny Hardaway coach hire like is a like a dream come true so far for a school yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's what the second top. 10 player top five player that they brought in this year i think it's like the third and precious was up there too man yeah and Dern, i think was the number four prospect yeah so yeah, so yeah it's three and yeah, i mean they're gonna be a team to look out for you never know with freshmen how people pan out like i mean look at that your your dookies and they had zion cam and rj i mean they were the most talented team but you know you never know how things work out so, I mean, they play in a weaker conference, so I think they'll have a lot of wins. But it also makes it, you know, not impossible to make the uh, – definitely not possible to make the tournament, but you have to have a really good league record and you have to do really well in your out-of-conference games or your, like, your Power 5 conference games to, to make that case and just be really dominant within your own conference as well. But I mean, Memphis's trajectory is ahead of a lot of Power Five schools right now. Like they're they're in better shape than Pitt is. I'll tell you that much. I think it's definitely interesting that Penny got this recruit. Um, you know, Penny definitely changing life over there in Memphis. Uh, you know, Bates pretty much had offers all around the, all around the country. Um, you know, his top three college offers were you know Oregon to go play with Dior Johnson, who mm-hmm. seems like is going to be another lottery. Um, pick in this upcoming draft or, or he was going to go to Michigan State where you know he originally committed to and then decommitted due to I guess issues with him and uh, Izzo but um, he's also talking about the G League for a little bit yeah he definitely but I did I don't know he seemed definitely he definitely seemed more uh, enlightened with the college situation so I didn't really see him in the G League I didn't see him in the G League either but I thought that like it was good of him to hear it out. And like, now that you've seen guys from like the Ignite and stuff, like be top 10 picks that it's, it's, it's a good thing for the G League that they're at least getting looks, looks from players at this level, this caliber of talent. Definitely. And, you know, you know, one thing that was reported that, you know, Penny, recruited you know the idea that you know i'm gonna let you play on the ball almost like a luca type of situation you know heavy pick and roll let you you know use your height let you use your vision let you really show your skill set um definitely something that you know michigan state and oregon wasn't you know allowing him to do um definitely going to be able to see his nba skill set i definitely think memphis uh like you said you know rookies in the college game is different but I definitely do think with two lottery picks, uh, it should be an exciting season for them. Definitely uh, more eyes will be on Memphis. This kid, you know, so this kid, you know, he's in the cover of Slam Magazine, you know, you know, a yeah. very coveted uh, kid, definitely. And, you know, a, a year younger than, you know, where he's supposed to be. You know, he reclassified. So it was one what of those. conference is Memphis in right now? Aren't they in the A's? A's? In the Big East? No, no. They're in the same conference with Houston. No? 
The AAC? Yeah, yeah, the AAC, yeah. Okay, yeah. I know that when the Big East basketball they split up, it was like the Catholic schools and like the Big East schools and stuff, so that makes sense. Yeah, so you'll definitely see him, you know, shine because, you know, the competition, it's good, but it's not ACC. It's not, you know, SEC. So No, but it's also not like, you know, like some, like, the Horizon League or something crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, we've seen players come out of those. Like, Steph Curry came out of Davidson. Like, so, I mean, going to a school like that definitely doesn't hurt. Your NBA chances. I mean, you saw Ben Simmons go to an awful LSU team get drafted where he got drafted. So definitely, if you could play, they're they're definitely going to get you. Um, you know, I definitely wanted to bring up, uh, you know, college basketball. You know, guys are able to profit off their name. I mean, you know, which is a good thing. You know, something that we all wanted to, you know, wanted them to have. But it seems like more and more kids are signing to, you know, G League and even, you know, overtime, you know, overtime. You know, we were talking about this, you know, they're signing tonight. Yeah. Like, you know, they're signing guys, you know, sophomore, junior. And if you're getting them that early, what can you do? Right. Right. Imagine being I think I texted you about the one guy. He was the 40th overall recruit. I can't remember if it was overall. And rankings are overall at the shooting guard position. He's getting paid $2.1 million. Imagine being 16 years old and offered $2.1 million. Like, you can't turn that down. That's life-changing money. And it, 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 it almost brings it back to, like, the T-Mac days and, you know, the, the Kobe days where guys, you know, they're not going to college. They're signing that Adidas contract. And, and they're signing the, the ABC contract. They're signing. Like, they're not willing to uh, go to college because, you know, two, $2.1 million or whatever it is, it's, it's more than what a lot of guys are making in the league, you know. It's a, it's, it's a lot where guys are making in professional sports, period. You know what I mean? And that's the inter- most interesting aspect of that whole uh, Ignite thing is that I think that puts a lot more pressure on the G League to not necessarily go after younger players like them, but to bump up salary to increase like likelihood of top players coming there for a year instead of their year of college. Because if not, you're going to see – this league scoop them up before they even get a chance to grab them. And if you are on a contract, you're on a contract. Like, I think that is just what it is at this point. And I don't think they'd be able to get out of it until they, I mean, I'm sure there's some buyouts and like exceptions and everything, but if, if you're scooped up and you're doing well in the league and like you're being projected to be a top well pick because you're doing so well in this league and you're getting paid money, like, I don't understand how, how how you do choose college outside of like sentimental values or like i have more interest in getting my education in college but education doesn't go anywhere and money like that does so i if i was if i had a kid in that situation i i, I would have them sign with that league if they were offered some serious money in a heartbeat but ain't it interesting right because um, you know, 
for me, college basketball is like, especially as a Duke fan, you know, uh, I, I wasn't watching, you know, Duke basketball when Chris Duhon and Shane Battier were playing, but I definitely caught up on my history. And, you know, that's definitely a mystique that is missing from today's uh, era, man. You know, when, you know, yeah. the J.J. Reddick days, you know, the Shane Battier days, you know, the, the Christian Leitner days where, you know, the, when guys were staying, you know, two, three, four plus years in college and they were going to war, you know, the, the, those that Christian Lather, Shaquille, LSU, Duke, like those games were wars back in the days. And, and I think that's one thing that's definitely missing. I definitely like the counter, you know, the counter punch that, uh, that the double, the, the NCAA, you know, put, you know, for players to be able to market themselves, you know, but, but like you said, but that money is not comparable. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. bad. Like maybe, maybe at a school like Duke or like UNC or Kentucky or something, but like for your average power five conference school, like Pitt's starting quarterback has like two NIL deals. One is with the Oaklander hotel where once a week he gets to bring his linemen to get dinner. And like the other is with like the local Pittsburgh radio station. Like you're not like people were like bashing Champagne because he went to the uh, draft, didn't even get drafted and saying he could have made more money off NIL money than in the G League. And I was like, you guys are flipping crazy. Like, he's, he's going to be on a bad pit team in a city that isn't a big basketball city, like, especially when the team hasn't been good in years now. So, like, I don't know. I think it's really interesting for players like that. I think it's really interesting – that like you said the mystique and the aura and just like kind of the uh sentimentality of college sports or something that really really um tend to make fans want things to stay the way they are i think what my personal opinion is that what they should do is college sports like the ncaa should essentially be abolished. I think college sports should be affiliated as their, with their schools, but not necessarily student athletes. I think like you should give them the option to be a student athlete if you want, but it shouldn't be a requirement. They should just be considered um, like university employees essentially. And then you know, you avoid all these things like you're seeing in the NBA leagues, plucking younger players and stuff like that. And you get to see actually players getting paid that like there's so many players that don't get the opportunity to go to schools because their grades are so bad. And like, if you're such, if you're that talented of a player, like, I'm not saying you shouldn't have some basic level of education, but your opportunity to earn this type of money is such a small window. And I just, I don't know. I couldn't imagine turning it down. And, but you got to also think, you know, teams, teams also, you know, always been, you know, paying their recruits under the table. And, you know, I, I've heard rumors that, you know, Duke, they, they blessed Zion with a whole bunch of money uh, for him oh, to yeah. come over. Like, I, you know, I've definitely heard that with a few of our. No, I, I, I know for an absolute fact that 
Terrell Pryor, because um, originally he was committed to Pitt to because he's a PA local kid um, to play football and basketball, and that was the reason he committed there, is because they were going to let him do both. And then when they told him they didn't want him to play basketball, he switched to Ohio State. But I know as soon as he switched to Ohio State, he had a brand new car he was driving around. And I know a buddy from high school whose name I'm not going to say, who took a visit to UNC and got basically like a swag bag that was when he brought back to his hotel was full of thousands of dollars of cash. So like, um, yeah how do you I've say heard, no to that man how do you say no to that like funny you know, part is he did the person i know did say no to that school really like and the <laughs> thing is though right because you got to think like these facilities are plush man like oh yeah, yeah top like, of the line yeah man and you, you and they're giving you money can be. and they're giving you money and like, an I, education I, I go, for whatever that's worth like i like go all back like I go to a little small school at New York City, but you know you went to Pitt and and, and you've seen the facilities over there. You've seen you know how they do it over there. And, and to me, it's kind of like it's interesting, right? Because these guys, they 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 get especially these top recruits like Zion. Like I know he probably already had interest in going to Duke, and the money just you know put it over the top. But he definitely received other bags of money from different schools, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I've definitely even heard. I think. Is it this year or the past year that some player, there was like an unnamed player, unnamed agent, where like a G League team offered player X this amount of money, and he said, I could make more money at this school. <laughs> and it's just like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to me. And like, the only thing I worry about with things like that is that kind of what you see in college football right now where it's the top few teams in the tournament every year and just like I don't know I don't expect Pitt to compete on the athletic level of like an Ohio State a Penn State an Alabama a Florida a USC like you know what I mean like and I don't want to see schools like that drop off because they're not willing to pay players the same amount of money and that also concerns me with nil money because like i said like players at premier top level recruits like zion williamson definitely could have made a lot of nil money at duke where if you go to another school you might not have quite the opportunity if you know you're on that zion williamson was an exception and there's a lot of these players that like due to social media specifically are celebrities before they even reach college. Um, this is a really random name. He's a football player, but do you remember a football player named Sam McGuppy? Sam McGuppy? Yeah. No, no. What, what school did he play for? Uh, so he was this really high recruited running back. His first year, he committed at Michigan. Um, ended up not being that good at Michigan, transferred to Rice the rest of his career. But in high school, he had one of the craziest highlight tapes I think I've ever seen in my life. He hurdled people just like left and right. It was, you'll have to look it up after this pod. It's so wild. And I I don't know. I I really wanted that guy to turn out. 
I mean, he just never did. But sorry to kind of take us off track there, but McGuffey just popped into my mind, and I I like to bring up Sam McGuffey any chance I get. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I feel you. I feel you, and um, definitely going to see how college basketball are. Uh, you know how athletes in the future how they you know react to this you know over time seems like a really up, up and coming league you know yeah, there's big names behind it yeah, yeah a lot just, of money i, I don't think about i don't think elon musk is concerned about making a profit for a few years you know what i mean i think he's more worried about hey i want to bring in the highest talent level for the best product possible and make my money on the back end and, and and there's other big names like Drake and you know KD, KD, KD yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know the influence, especially you know, we we are in the social media age. So yeah, yeah, imagine imagine getting a visit from that group of people, Elon Musk, like <laughs> Jay Z, uh, Drake. It just like how how do you say no to that? Isn't Drake dating this kid's this kid's mom? I did hear something about that. I don't know enough. Bronny's teammate, Amari, Amari Bailey. Yeah, like I've seen pictures, like you know, of them. Like he he rented out like the whole Dodger Stadium and had like a like a. Oh, cooking. I do remember hearing about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's her, man. That's her. So you know, he's definitely you know doing his part. <laughs> in oh, yeah. the, uh, above and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's definitely. I think. You know, this, and and it only you know betters the game of basketball. Uh, more opportunities for guys, and it's better for the players. Definitely, I I I I'm all for seeing players get paid. And and like you said, right, like the sixtieth ranked guy, you know, gets to go to overtime and maybe show. I mean, maybe he would have been like a role player in college. Maybe you know he's you know the focal point of an offense at, at an overtime team. You know, it's it's little situations like that, right? Oh, uh, for sure. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much. Uh, that's pretty much everything that that we have planned to talk about. Um, don't forget to follow me and Nolan on Twitter. Don't forget to you know check up on. Oh wait, you know what? Before we get, before we get off, uh, I, I have a few questions for you. Just yeah, yeah. not not Knicks related. Sure. Daniel Jones thoughts. Oh my god. Um, he didn't look bad. No, he. Uh, to, to keep he one bad interception, but he looked pretty good at that, right? Oh, to keep it real, man, like he's going it's to preseason. Be, he's going like it's preseason, and I don't, I expect like a mediocre season. Like they're like, I'm already mentally preparing for like us to search for his replacement. I already know this kid is not it. Like, like we've watched, like I know these guys. Some guys develop differently, or or whatever. But mm-hmm. what year what, is it for him? This is his third year. Yeah, what Baker Mayfield look like his first few years? De- definitely, Baker Mayfield definitely showed way more potential than. Uh, I don't know Jones. about that, man. I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm still not full on Baker. So I like. I. I, I, I understand. Like I understand people like like from like the outside or whatever. Like you know, still got yeah. hope for Daniel Jones, but oh no! But I, I think totally you saw on Twitter, side. like on Twitter, you saw like. Oh like, yeah. yeah! Now that I'm friends or. I follow like so many Knicks fans. The amount of like Giants and Jets and Yankees and Mets like sports tweets I see, it's like it's so overwhelming. It's it, I love it and hate it at the same time. I'm just so jealous that I want an actual 
baseball team. I, I don't <laughs> get how people are Jets fans. Like that's like being a Brooklyn Nets fan. Uh, for over yeah. here, over here, I don't yeah. understand how people are Jets fans. Yeah, I don't really know much about like the history. I mean, I they don't have first, no history. Right? And yeah, the like, Jets were from like New Jersey originally, just like the Nets were. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think both teams play in, in New Jersey, though. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, that's like, was their original city. Yeah, definitely. But that's that. How do you feel about Haskins? Well, since we're on the, you know, the, the football conversation. <laughs> uh, Haskins has for most of the preseason and training camp. Sounds has, has, like he's been playing very, very well. And he's actually won the backup quarterback position over Mason Rudolph and um, Josh Dobbs, who was another quarterback we drafted a few years ago. Um, so that's encouraging. I don't know if that says more about how bad uh, Rudolph has looked or more about Haskins. Haskins did start our last preseason game, but – it was against, I think, the Panthers, and they played most of their starters, and we sat most of ours. So he didn't really have a lot of weapons around him on offense, and uh, didn't. He, he played really bad, which is disheartening. <laughs> but um, you know, he is the second best quarterback on our roster now, and the optimism. And and then the ceiling's high, and Ben has one or two years left, so you got to start at least, you know, uh, taking stabs at it. Nah, I, I can't be mad at that. I definitely yeah, can't be I mean, mad at that. Uh, he's, on, I mean, he's, on, he's on a one-year deal for, like, almost nothing in NFL money, you know? For sure. And, and to be honest, like, mentally, I like I, I, I see myself cheering uh, – Mac and Tua on more than uh my own quarterback, which is kind of sad. Yeah, I like Tua a lot. That was interesting. You uh sent me that thing about the uh them trading for potentially for uh what's his name for Texans, Sean Watson. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I saw that too. I I like Tua a lot. Like definitely, not a brung us a chair, but I I I don't know. We'll see. But Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, if that legal stuff sorted out, even if he accepts out half the season, I mean, but, you, you, you go out and get Deshaun Watson. Definitely. I, I, I actually cannot wait for the NFL season. I'm, not, I'm excited. Excited. I'm, definitely, yeah. Who definitely. You, who, who's your uh, pick from each NFL conference to make the Super Bowl? Uh. Yeah, I definitely, definitely uh, Patrick Mahomes. I, I mean, to be honest, I see a rematch, to keep Chief, it real. Chiefs. Um, and uh, Chiefs and, and Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I yeah, don't I, can, I yeah, can see I it going know. that way for sure. Chiefs are definitely the favorite in AFC. Um, NFC, yeah. Maybe the Packers. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, the NFC's. No one too crazy there either. Like it's competitive, but it's it's like you know it's definitely a top dog, and then you know then it's like everybody else. So you know what your I mean. Your division's kind of trash. <laughs> it was trash last year as well, it, yeah. it, and you, the Cowboys situation with with their with Dak Prescott and his shoulder, and we 
That's Dude, a whole yeah. Elliot hasn't really looked the same ever since like early on. I don't know what to think about that one. Definitely. And 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 you never really asked me but with like the fuck the cowboys thing on my Twitter. Oh like, yeah, I mean I just assumed it was a general like you're a Giants fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because um, I had put that up because Cowboy fans, like, they love to argue on Twitter, bro. Oh, dude, they're like, not the, not to compare them to Knicks fans, but they're definitely a loud and vocal group, especially on like <laughs> social media. That like, if you go after one of your, their guys, they're gonna come at you like relentless. Yeah, definitely. So I just put that. So I just draw the line. I was supposed to take that out like during like you know non-NFL weeks, but whatever. Like, I just draw the line right there so everybody just know where I stand because, yeah. yeah, definitely annoying fan base. Uh, I feel you there. I've never been a fan of Cowboys, so. <laughs> definitely. One of the most overrated places, like, for real. Like, I, I, they spend a whole bunch of money and never get nowhere, bro. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah for sure. But um, definitely uh hope you guys enjoy this pie make sure to follow me and nolan on twitter make sure to follow the corner three uh we definitely got you know articles and all that coming for season two yeah i'm actually in the middle of an article right now it, it's probably gonna end up getting split into two pieces it's a off-season review slash like season preview prediction thing um i'm about halfway through it now and it's a lot longer than i thought it would be so <laughs> that's the reason it's probably we split it up into two or three segments but uh keep your eyes out for that because that's definitely something i'm excited to work on and it should be out within the next uh week or so definitely definitely that's definitely something that you guys should look out for and uh yeah the corner three pod website where you know the articles uh, all our episodes are on there as well and uh yeah uh nolan i catch you next week and you know we'll talk about all the situations that come across the league yeah i'm sure there's always gonna be new nba news never stops for sure for sure all right buddy i'll catch you there thanks everyone for listening all right